This episode of Under Further Review is sponsored by the Will Pinton Agency with Alpha Insurance. As your local hometown Alpha agent, it is Will's duty to assist you and your family in any way possible with your insurance needs. Will's goal is to give his customers a personal and professional service, and it's a goal that he takes seriously. Will is available 24-7. He wants to help serve you and your family and also become a friend along the way. In addition to Boaz, Will also proudly serves the Sardis, Mountainboro, Horton, Aroni, and Douglas communities in Alabama. Will is my personal insurance agent for everything I have insured, from my home to my vehicles, and I wouldn't have anyone else. Not only is he there when I need him, but he's also a very good friend. Give Will a call today at 256-343-4614. Go give his Facebook page a like at willpentonagency-alphainsurance or send him an email at wpenton at alphains.com. He's located in Boaz at 101 South Main Street, Boaz, Alabama, 35957. And again, give him a call today at 256-343-4614. Today's sports are under further review. The UFR Sports Podcast with Anthony Burgess. Point 80, point 80, spider two, wide banana, Omaha, Omaha. <laughs> The previous play is under further review. Your go-to podcast to hear the latest in the sports world. We are live. Welcome to another edition of Under Further Review, the sports podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Burgess, joined alongside with Will Penton, my co-host. What's up, everybody? And our guest today is Coach Riley Edwards with Crossville High School. Welcome to the show, Coach. Uh, thank you for having me. Yeah, man. We're uh, definitely looking forward to the conversation today. You know you got a lot of stuff going on in Crossville. There's been a lot of a lot of headlines lately, right, <laughs> with, concerning the, the program in Crossville, a lot of positive uh, headlines concerning your, your program there with the, uh, with the Lions. Um, but we're going to dive straight in, Coach, and start asking you some questions. All right. Sounds All right. good. So, Coach, we can't wait to get to, to talk about your current program, but we're just going to kind of take a, take a step back to talk about, tell us how you got into coaching, where your coaching career started, and kind of where you've been along your stops. Well, <laughs> it's like I tell the kids all the time, I was basically born in the field house. Um, my dad was a coach. Um, our family has a long history of coaches in it, um, so... You know, grew up manager, then went to playing ball, um, played for my dad, and then um, got actually got my dad's D.C. job when he retired. So uh, where was that at? At Collinsville. Collinsville. Okay, okay. So, yeah. cool. So I spent my whole career at Collinsville. I actually um, spent 16 years there before I went to Crossville as the um, uh, – I've been trying to get into P.E. I was teaching math. I've uh, been trying to get into P.E. and uh, got my – I had my strength and conditioning certifications um, – was serving on the uh, Alabama Advisory Board with the National Strength Association, and um, Crossville called and said, "Hey, you know, we want to, we got to do something." Um, so I talked to him, and of course, you know, he's leaving home, and but you know, doing what I was that strength conditioning aspect of you know getting to actually do it all day. Mm-hmm. Um, so ended up at Crossville as the uh, overall sports strength conditioning and then um 
coached um, helped Dusty Darnell. Uh, coach Darnell is great to work with. I'm mean, excellent to work with. I enjoyed enjoyed getting coached with him and that staff. My first year there was was excellent. Group of guys, great guys. Um, and then um, after he resigned, Coach Taylor came in. And then um, after Coach Taylor resigned, um, Coach Peppers had talked to me and was talking back and forth a little bit and still was unsure what to do. So uh, I called two of my friends um, in the coaching business. Um, well, I say friends. One of them is my cousin. Um, called Mike and Mike Riley. I went down and met with him after one of his USFL games and We'd kind of discuss the situation, what was going on at Crossville and, you know, what was laid out there. And he gave me some pretty good advice. And then, um, of course, I called uh, Coach Tom Allen. He's a guy I used to work with when I worked FCA, and um, he's the head coach at Indiana. And I texted him. He goes, this this deserves a phone call. He goes, they don't deserve a text. He goes, I'll, I'll call you tomorrow. So he called me, and we talked a good two hours about the Crossville deal and ended up deciding to uh, – take the head job at Crossville and see if we can, um, you know, lay a foundation of, you know, dig some footers and see if we can get the program back to like it was back in the 80s and 90s. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, Crossville, I, I actually, uh, my cousins went to Crossville, so I was at their football games on Friday nights quite a bit. Uh, and then the the Rick Carley uh, post that came out on Facebook, you know, there was, there was talk about the program back in the eighties and nineties when it was just a, an absolute powerhouse. I mean, it was, and I remember being at those games in the nineties and, you know, it was a big deal. I mean, Crossville was a big, big support on, on the football program in general, all sports really. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. Um, you kind of talked about getting some advice from, a coach with the USFL, mm-hmm. and then at Indiana. I mean, those are some those yep. are some big names yeah, to throw big, around. Big names, yeah, <laughs> to call and, and, and have that in your back pocket to get some advice from. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, the final final decision to, to come to Crossville. I mean, what was it? it you, you called, you got the advice, but you were just wanting that challenge, or was it, you know, more than that? Uh, you know, I did a lot of praying on it too. Uh, didn't just talk to some people, you know, and uh. Just felt like, you know, felt like it was a, you know, a challenge that we can take on. And, you know, if we, if we fail at it, we fail at it. If, if we succeed, we succeed. But I mean, you know, you can't, can't climb a tree if you're scared the branch going to break. So that's awesome. That's, yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, it is. That is. So, you know, b- being at Crossville, um, at, I think at, at one point, so you were, it was it, you were down to 21, 21 mm-hmm. varsity players, 17 healthy. 17 healthy. <laughs> wow. That wow. is insane. Yes. The last game of the season against Geraldine, we had 17 healthy kids. Now, I did move up a few eighth graders to uh, try to fill some spots. Um, we ended up dressing um, 22 that game, uh, counting those guys. And actually, those guys got in. So, And that's at a 5A, 5A level, right? 5A. Where normally, and, and I think 5A is typically dressing, what, at least 50 kids? Oh, yeah, at least 50, 50 60. I mean. Wow. Right. And so, you know, we've seen the name and stuff come across. It's called like the 21 is what everyone's calling y'all. Was that something that the kids came up with, or was that created by Rick Carley there on the on the post? How, how did the 21 come about? Yeah, that was a uh, – that's kind of what Rick Carley kind of – 
titled it or whatever. Gotcha. So I guess it come from him. I'm assuming. Okay, so. I, I wasn't sure if that's <laughs> what. Do y'all like the 21? Is it a? Is it something the kids can rally around or? I I don't know. We just you know it's like I tell the kids every day we we're gonna control what we can control and we're gonna keep building and right. you know we we try to teach them to block everything out from the outside mm-hmm. um, because there's so many distractions and um, so. We really didn't talk about the 21 much, you know, it's just, right. just that, you know, how you, we're going to teach these kids how to finish. Mm-hmm. So of those, of those 17 that were healthy on your, your varsity squad, how many of those kids had played before? Okay. Let's see. We've got, um, we had about that, that last game with 17 there for the most part, we didn't have, but about, five that had more than three years experience um there was about mm-hmm. eight or nine that came out last year mm-hmm. wow and then um actually one of the eighth graders i moved up it was his first year yeah to, to play but um you know it's just one of the things one of the trends that i've noticed when i was first there as an assistant and then now as a head uh, it it's like they'll play in junior high and then they'll get to ninth and tenth grade, won't come out, and then they might try to come out their eleventh, twelfth grade year. So we're trying to stop that trend of, um, you know, sitting it out because they're losing valuable reps. And yeah. you know, I'm wanting to play a JV schedule. I want to set up a JV schedule to where those kids get quality reps. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of the plan right now of what we're trying to build towards. Um, to try to keep the kids out there out. Uh, like the other day, I gave everybody an assignment. Um, their job, all the players, is they've got to recruit two kids to come out with them, um, try it out, you know, go through winter, go through spring, um, push through summer, and mm-hmm. hope we can double our numbers that way. Um, we've got a uh, – met with the coaching staff the other day, and um, we created a hit list. So we've got, you know, 7 through, tw- uh, seven through 11 – on the board and we've created a hit list of kids that we need to make contacts with in the hall. Um, and we're trying to get those, we're trying to get players that played to make contact with those kids. And then, um, I assign two coaches per grade level and they've got to make so many contacts a, a week. Um, that's good. Trying to yeah get into that relationship with the kids. And then, um, they have to, uh, I've asked them to, you know, build or try to find two or three to really build a relationship with to see if we can get them to come out and try it. And, you know, the unfamiliarity of football with them is one of the things I think that scares them away. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what we're working on right now anyway. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, it, and I, I, um, I follow along. I, I actually, I helped at Crossville in 2010 with the baseball and football program um, when I was still in school and, it was something I was looking at going into was coaching similar to Will mm-hmm. and um, Crossville. I'd, like I said, I'd always known it. And so I, I started following along and I, I still follow the the Facebook page today. And that's I've kept up with a lot of stuff that you've been doing uh, through Facebook. And one of the things that I noticed um, was you celebrating Hispanic heritage. Oh, yeah. I, 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 and you're, the majority of your team or predominantly is Hispanic, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Eight, 18 of our 21. 18 of right. your 21 are Hispanic. And you, you've, you were highlighting, uh, a, like a, 
uh, Hispanic player in the NFL and, mm-hmm. and really diving into that culture. Talk about that a little bit. That was pretty awesome to see. Yeah, that was actually a pretty fun week. I gained some weight that week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, each day we had a had a theme um, and it built up each day. Um, so, for example, um, we had a NFL player that was Hispanic heritage for each day that we highlighted, you know, basically read the Wikipedia mm-hmm. article about the guy and, you know, where, where, he, where, where the guy come from and, you know, kind of his background. But we also took traditional things like for example on Monday we we hung pinatas but instead of hitting them with a stick we split up competition roll and uh we're throwing footballs at them trying to bust them uh it got real competitive it was actually pretty fun and then uh Tuesday we come out and um we uh had a a traditional um cake from uh the Hispanic culture and uh which is really good by the way mm-hmm. and uh so we ate on it after practice and um, discussed another player. And then the next day, uh, actually a former player of mine that I coached at Collinsville, his stepmom helped us out and uh, she made us tamales for that mm-hmm. day. So kids ate tamales on it. And then, of course, Thursday was our walkthrough. And then Friday went on in with the game. But, you know, we was just trying to celebrate that, you know, it was Hispanic Heritage Month, but we thought, you know, I told the coaching staff, I said, look, we got to own this. We, we got to own it. And so I uh, contacted a lot of my former players, and I was like, hey, if you was going to do something like this, what would you do? And um, they are throwing all kinds of ideas at me and stuff. So we just scheduled it out and tried to enjoy it. And, you know, the kids had a good time. Coaches had a good time. We ate good and, you know, learned a little bit and all that. So Right. So, Coach, you had mentioned that you have a plan in place right now that you're all trying to recruit you know, kids out of the school to bring them out there to, to, to let them know, hey, Crossville football, we're doing something special over here. So what's your message to those kids that you're trying to recruit? Like, what, you know, what, what's your sales pitch to those kids to get them to, to be a part of it? Well, first off, we're uh, I've got our coaches really trying to build a relationship, get mm-hmm. to know the kid um, so that they don't think that we're just a coach that needs players. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we really try to talk with them, you know, get to know them, get to know their background, um, you know, where they're actually from, where their family is from. Yeah. Um, so we're, you know, they won't ever trust any sales pitch we have until we're, uh, you know, relational with them and they, right. they, they get from us. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we're trying to get them to get to know us and, um, things like that. And then, um, really got the kids trying to work towards, you know, Hey, you know, we've done this this year, we've done this, um, really trying to move the program here. We're trying to build this program mm-hmm. in this aspect. And um, so we're not really trying to sell it as in, hey, it's the greatest game ever. It's right. just, hey, this is an opportunity to take advantage of your high school career. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, don't let those opportunities go away. Um, and, you know, just try to offer what football does offer. Mm-hmm. Um you know how you know football in the South is exactly what it is, and you know if you play football in a small community anywhere in the state of Alabama, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you're royalty for that community. And right. I'm trying to get that across to the players, like, hey, you know, you have opportunity to be royalty for this community, and you have an opportunity to bridge gaps between uh, cultures that hadn't been able to be bridged yet. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where we're headed right now, and. Um, you know, it's, if it works, it works. And if it don't, we'll redraw and reprogram and, you know, attack it from another angle. Right. I think and that that's 
I mean, you have to do that, right? I mean, you you have to explore new ways of trying to attract kids to come out and play this game. And I mean, I think you're hitting it on, the nail on the head there with utilizing your staff to build those relationships with the the kids in the school, and then trying to attract them to come out to the field and, and start playing this game. And I mean, you know, doubling down and and saying, hey, football teaches you about life, right? And it can it can, it can give you a lot of you know. Um, good values to carry on throughout adulthood and into a career, you know. So I, I think that that's an excellent way to to approach it for yeah. sure. No, that, that's good because, like I said, with the school being majority Hispanic, you know, it's it's a new game, so it's hard mm-hmm. to get them to play. And then football's hard, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's hard sport. It's hard to show up in the summer and go through workouts. It's hard to show up in you know fall camp and go through through that kind of stuff. And so to just convince kids that hey, I promise you that what we're doing here is going to benefit you later on, even beyond. Beyond Friday night, beyond a record, beyond however many games you win, what we're going to do throughout the week, throughout summer, what I'm teaching you is going to benefit you for 25, 30 years beyond this, right? So is, is that a lot of your message as well? It, it is. It's like I, like I tell the players all the time. I, I tell them, I say, I, I, I can't, I'm not going to promise you wins. I ain't going to promise you playoff appearances or championships, but I can promise you you're not going to regret playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're not going to regret taking advantage of the opportunity to play. And, um, you know, winning is just a byproduct of doing the other things correct. Mm-hmm. And once we establish what correct supposed to be and we get more buy-in, then we'll start moving in that direction. Mm-hmm. But, you know, right now, you know, the biggest goal is, you know, digging that foot or delay a foundation. So mm-hmm. uh, we're just, uh, it's like, I, like I said, you know, I, I tell them all the time, I, I ain't going to promise you wins. And I ain't going to promise you championships, but I can promise you and guarantee you that you will not look back and regret playing. That's that's true. So in the, you know, in the, the post that, that Rick Carley made on, on Facebook, he was talking about, you know, this group of kids that you have, um, you know, saving the program at Crossville, and, you know, is that a conversation that, that you discuss with them about, you know, being the ones that save the program and that kind of motivating them to just, you know, keep coming back day after day? Well, we talked to them about, you know, yeah, you've saved the program. You've kept the program alive another year. I was like, but now then let's move it forward. Let's start moving in a direction to where it's not saving the program, but let's move in a direction mm-hmm. to where, Hey, you know what? They're, they are building something. Um, and that's like I told the seniors, uh, I guess it was about two weeks ago. I told them, I said, guys, I said, I said, your, your legacy, um, you know, 20 years from now when they make a movie about it, I was like, the guys you convinced to come out and commit and really commit to it like you're supposed to, um, you know, your legacy is what is going to build what the future has for Crossville. So, mm-hmm. you know, convincing those seniors that, hey, you know what, we're going to go out and we're going to convince these kids in the halls. Um, we're going to convince these junior high kids, you know, hey, stick it through, stay it through, push through it. And, you know, that's part of our legacy. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've talked more about what their legacy is, more of instead of saving the program, being the legacy of, hey, we're going to rebuild what Crossville had. Yeah, that's awesome. So that, you know, in the same, at the same time, you know, with, with the kids that are there and, you know, going through this day to day, um, you know, that they, it's like you said, it's, it's a, it's a movie like later down the road. And I mean, like, that's something that they have to realize is it's, and I know that you're getting that message across to them is that this is movie worthy. I mean, just hearing the story 
um, through through Rick Carley's words and then just knowing it being close to the community here. It is it is a movie in the making, mm -hmm. especially and not necessarily about football, but what you're teaching young men uh, in your position, because they're learning so much, like I said earlier, so much more than just football. There's a lot of schools that are just admiring the fact of what you're doing post game. And if, if you want to talk a little bit about that. Oh, yeah, the, that's kind of what got um, Rick Carley on it is, you know, I, I was the interim head coach at Collinsville for five games. And um, that's one of the things that, you know, I established with the kids there. I said, look, guys, I said, when the other team plays their alma mater, you stop what you're doing. You, you don't disrespect it in any way. Um, and I've always told myself, anytime I'm a head coach, we're going to do that because it's about – respect and competition mm -hmm. and so many things now don't respect competition mm -hmm. and you know it's like it, it, it's like you know my dad was a marine and you know anytime colors was played you stop what you're doing um and it's like i tell them i said i said they play theirs we're gonna start what we're doing we're gonna respect it and they're gonna know that hey, we came to compete, we respect competition, and we're going to come back next year and we're going to compete again. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's, it's like I, I tell them all the time, it's about respect and competition. Um, and, you know, you look, all these people moving from school to school and going here and there and, you know, the, the constant recruiting that's out there and all that kind of mess. I was like, that, it's like I tell the kids, I said, that's not respecting competition. That's, that's, that's not teaching a single person how to be a competitor. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, it's teaching you how to run yeah. and go away from things. Yep. And I said, you know, when we line up on the field, if we win, we're going to respect our alma mater. And if we lose, we're going to respect our alma mater because we've got to first teach these kids how to respect competition. And then once we learn how to respect competition – then we can grow as a competitor. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of where it comes from. Um, and then, of course, you know, Army and Navy, they always do it. Yeah. And there's a reasoning behind it. I mean, it's, it's, it's all about respecting the field that you're playing on. Yeah. So, you know, understanding the, the foundation that you're, you're implementing at Crossville and, and what you're trying to build – Let's dive a little deeper into the X's and O's. Uh, are you an offensive guy? Are you a defensive guy? You know, I know you said earlier you're a def defensive coordinator. I'm sure you spent some time on the offensive side of the ball at one point or another. Uh, what what what's your philosophy there? And and what do you what are you doing at Crossville right now? Oh yeah, when you coach one A ball like I started, you you're everything, coach. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like I was telling somebody was gripping the other day. They said. Well, we only got so many coaches, you know, all these other schools got so I said, look, man, I said, when I first started coaching, I said, there was three of us. I was like, mm -hmm. uh, I said, there was the head coach, there was my daddy, and me. I said, there was three <laughs> of us. So I, I said, you just do what you can, take the cards dealt. But, uh, yeah, I've coached both sides of the ball my whole career. Um, like I said, I was at D.C., but I was also the OL and DL coach. Um, so, and of course, you know, I've always, every year when, when my cousin was, when he was coaching it, Oregon State, and whenever he was at Nebraska, I would always go visit in the spring, and you know he would sit over. You know, I, I got I became good friends with the offensive staff there um, with those guys, and um, you know still stay in touch with several of those guys too. And I would sit in on their meetings, but hold on, I'm sitting in there on their meetings. I'm trying to figure out how to stop them, you know. Yeah. Um, and then defensively, 
you know, dad been a D coordinator. I was a D coordinator 16 years. And so as far as my philosophy, you know, I started out at Crossville trying to implement um, Coastal Carolina and Ferris State's offensive scheme. We weren't ready. We weren't mm-hmm. able to. Um, spent a lot of time with Mike talking back and forth. And um, he sent me some clips when he coached the Rogers brothers. And um, so we started installing some of it. Went, we went under center. Um, we still kept some of our option stuff. We, midline ended up being a good play for us all year. Um, but we did more of a simplified blocking scheme. Um, did a lot of block down and then kick out. Mm-hmm. Um, just try to simplify it with our kids as much as possible. We, we wanted to shorten the game. Um, because when you got inexperienced players, injuries are at risk. So uh, our goal is to shorten the game, run as much time off, um, try to uh, establish drives. Um, so uh, right now at the moment, we're more of a downhill running team. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're under center right now. So it's it's more of a little bit of what the old school West Coast offense was, Yeah, um, a little bit in some of that aspect, which our formation people um, – Defensively, you know, I was heavy 30. Um, we had to get out of that uh, because we didn't have the personnel to run a two-shell. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially when the first first of the season, K-1 got hurt. When he got hurt, that that took our two-shell out. So we had to stay in a three-shell, which is goes against every bit of my defensive <laughs> philosophy whatsoever. I mean, I it, and all of us that are on staff, are all two shell people. So right. it drove us nuts to have to be in a cover three look mm-hmm. all the time. So, so for our <laughs> listeners, explain two shell and three shell. Uh, it's just the, the two high safety. Um, you know, we, we're, we started out a lot of match quarter stuff. Um, and then we ended up having to go with a three high. So playing that corner leveraged off at seven and the safety in the middle of the field. Um, so, which is again, still drives me nuts. Um, <laughs> But uh, and it would drive my dad crazy too if he's still alive. So I can't <laughs> believe you in a three high. But um, but yeah, we, we try to be a two match, um, you know, quarters type deal. Mm. Um, you're able to do so much out of it, but if you don't have the back end, you know, mm. it, it was heavy on big guys. So we went to the old split four, and you know, made it work, improvised, and tried yeah. to make it work. Yeah. One thing I can tell you about a Coach Edwards coach defense, because I played against it for several years in 1A football when he was at Collinsville, they're going to be physical, they're going to be mean, they're going to fly out of the football. And like I said, I, I can vouch from that for many Friday nights of going going against those guys. And I don't I don't know if we ever got them when I was in high school, uh, but we were a big rivalry there, Collinsville and Spring Garden. So I can vouch for his guys play hard for him, and uh, and they're they're physical. They're a physical bunch. Yeah, that's the biggest thing defensively. I want you flying around. Hats to the ball. Um, you know, I grade, I grade frame. You know, is your hat in the frame at the end, uh, not just tackles. So, uh, you know, if you if just full speed, you know, hard as you can go, that's that's kind of our go to defensively is you know full speed, and you know we didn't tackle as well this year. That comes from experience, but um, you know we're really it's going to be one of our big focuses on developing that aspect, teaching these kids really how to tackle. Hmm. Um, so that, that's really our big project moving into the offseason is teaching these guys the footwork of, you know, where's your eyes supposed to be, how your feet supposed to be, you know, near hip, near shoulder, all that kind of good stuff. So, so when you're when you're implementing a an offense or a defense, I mean, 
you can only simplify it so much, right? I mean, it, it's football, football, and it, you get down to it. It's mm-hmm. it's it's complex, no matter how you look at it, in a lot of a lot of ways. So how how does day one of an install look like when you've got a lot of young men who have have never even played, and you're having to explain it to them? For the first time, I mean, what does that look like for you as a coach? Well, I've got PowerPoint. I use uh, first day, first everything is football one hundred and one, and I'm talking about this as basic as it can get. We mm-hmm. we identify who the referees are. Oh wow! You know the white hat, mm-hmm. the umpire. You know all, uh, each position where they're located on the field. Um, <clears throat> we got a map. We you know top of the numbers, bottom of the numbers, inside the hash out. You know, it's as basic as you can get. Um, one of the coaches that coached with us last year, he was looking through the PowerPoint. He, he goes, because uh, they was actually moving me to OC last year before Coach Taylor ended up leaving. And uh, he said, that's like Pee Wee stuff you got on that PowerPoint. I said, well, it's got to be. I said, you never assume anything. Right. You know? right. Um, so, you know, everything from our gaps, what we're going to call our gaps and, you know, stuff like that, which, you know, we owned it this year. Um, our gap calls and, all that stuff was in Spanish. Mm-hmm. Um, so we owned it and um, it, they had fun with it. Let the kids come up with it uh, with like our double team calls and our, you know, our route calls and pin and pulls type stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, trying to let them own it a little bit, gave them a little bit of ownership. But uh, yes, yeah, extremely basic. Um, first play, first install, you know, first day I went in there, I had the diagram on the board. Showed um, a college clip of them running it, and then um, I showed the uh, clinic talk that one, uh, uh, the coach was doing, and then we drew it up on the board. Then we walked through it, and then we went and repped it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then from there, you just rep it and rep it, and and so they hate rep. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Coach, that that PowerPoint you speak of, you should patent that, and every fan and Monday morning quarterback should have to go through that PowerPoint before they can sit in the stands and yell at the coaches. You know, I, I think that's that should be a requirement. You have to go through coach's PowerPoint before you're allowed to say anything. Uh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> you know, we we had uh, we touched on that in another podcast. It yes. was like after you sit here and you listen, just like like you're just running through everything defensively. I, I've always been an offensive guy, so a lot of that stuff flies over my head. Mm-hmm. But then you got these couch coaches who say, well, you know, why can't they do it this way or yeah. that way? It's like, sit back and repeat everything he just said right. and show me you understand it before you can criticize or yeah. say anything. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, for example, I mean, I, I don't want to embarrass the kid, um, <laughs> although he would get cracked up if I said his name, but I won't say his name. But last year. <laughs> one of our guys. Um, so this is kind of, you, you never assume anything, especially with high school kids. You, you just never assume it. And um, we had an injury type deal. So we was talking to this kid and we said, Hey, you, you're going to have to get some carries this week. You're going to need to rep. You need to rep running back. We're going to rep you a lot at practice. So you're going to be comfortable. Um, but just know that you're going to get a lot of carries this week. And he goes, okay, coach, okay. He goes, but uh, wait a minute. He goes, carries now. Is that offense or defense? <laughs> right. So, you know, I mean, yeah. and people don't understand that's a, a lot of a battle that you're fighting at the high school level. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. and, you know, our first day uh, in the spring, so you got a first-time kid out there. And, you know, it's like I tell the coaches, never assume anything. So, uh, 
told the kid get in a zero, which the zero is head up to head up to center. Mm-hmm. So I told the kid, I said, go get you, go get a zero. It's head up to center. And uh, so he's gonna play nose. He goes up, center reaches down to grab the ball. This is a scrimmage that was doing at practice. Well, the nose guard grabbed the ball too. So they're both holding the ball. So, you know, we had to explain, hey, okay, the, the, you know, you're on this side of the ball. Right. You know, so so that's the thing. You got to never assume anything. Yeah. That's the, so you, you mentioned, too, that you had uh, that a lot of your calls were in Spanish. So did you did you have any kind of, like, issues with, like, a language barrier at all? Or was no, it? No. no. Most of our kids all speak. Real good English is mm-hmm. just, hey, you know, let's take off. It's different. Shit. You know, it's different, yeah. you know, yeah. and all that. And the kids enjoyed it. They had they had fun coming up with it, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, you know, calling the techniques and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it was a way of giving them ownership and it helped them remember it better. That's got to be confusing yeah. for a defense, too, or an offense. I mean, if your defense is playing against them. Right, yeah. and they don't understand Spanish. I mean, because a lot of times you can catch on to calls. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. we all know that. Yeah. Catch on to calls, but chances are you're probably not going to catch on to it if, right. you, if you don't understand it. So that's that's pretty neat. So, so, Coach, what you're saying is like you instead of zero, instead of two I and all that stuff, you they had their own calls for that? Is that what? Well, we still call the zero and two I and all that that stuff. But let's, right. say, let's say if we was doing, for example – if we was running a certain play and a kid was covered, mm-hmm. uh, we have a covered, uncovered call. Um, so the lineman, when they make their covered, uncovered call, whatever it might be, if, right. he, if, if he needs help, then he had a Spanish term for a double team. Yeah, okay. Um, now, it wasn't double team in Spanish. It was just something yeah, associated <laughs> with that, you know. Yeah. So, um, so if he was requesting help for his double team, mm-hmm. you know, and then, of course, if, we didn't need a double team. It's just automatically not a, which is, is nothing. Right. Okay. Um, so, yeah. but, uh, it, you know, stuff like that. So after they make their covered, uncovered calls, then the guy that by rule could ask for help mm-hmm. would throw his term out. Well, then the guy that was uncovered knew that he could double yeah. and then would double to the next you know, top deal. So right. okay. just little calls like that. Well, and it's, it's your, like you were saying earlier, like you, you know, you're trying to bring these kids out and, and show them what this game is. You're making it their game. And when you make it their game, they're going to play it. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's pretty awesome that you're letting them incorporate, you oh. know, some of that in, into, into the game and, and making it a little bit more fun for them. I mean, that's, that's including the players. And I, I would think that would attract other people like, hey, you know, this is pretty neat what they've got going on, you know, letting, letting them make some of these calls and, you know, coming up with their own, a lingo on the field that that's that's really neat in my opinion yeah that's um so just as as far as your your strength and conditioning background you know talk about that a little bit you know strength and conditioning is one of the most important aspects of really any sport how is that for you at, at crossfield what's your approach there oh well i started several years ago um I got my strength condition certification and then end up kind of falling in love with the research and, you know, making some friends. Um, so now I've got five different certifications, um, one specialist and, um, actually working on another specialist right now, um, to get it. But, um, you know, strength condition is not what it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It, it's, it's not, you know, some people look at it as something they say in men's health. Mm-hmm. It's not it. Um, some people think it's the old school bench squat, power clean every single day. 
yeah. you're following that Husker power chart and, you know, and it, you know, it, it's changed so much. There's so much stuff that you do, uh, you know, from the maximum effort, dynamic effort, uh, stuff like that and the way you program it. Um, we do a lot of what Joe Kim does, which, uh, Joe Kim, who was at Arizona state for a while. He, he got big when he was a Carolina Panthers, but, uh, excellent guy, his tier system that he does. Um, we do a lot of it because it's got block zero program for our middle school. Mm-hmm. So it's trying to wire. So whenever I got these middle school kids, we don't touch a weight for so long. Mm-hmm. They got to be able to move with their body. And I, I grade their, I screen them, grade them off their movement. Um, are they ready to put a bar here? Um, we, we transition our squats. Um, so it's almost like a belt system in karate, you know, Hey, you know, you're going to start out with, an our body squat, you're going to go to a zombie squat, then you're going to go to to a, a kettlebell goblet, then we're going to go to a zercher, then we're going to go to a zombie, and then we're going to go to front squat, then mm-hmm. we're going to back squat. Um, but they've got to graduate all those before they get into it, it's, right. as opposed to, you know, the old school way of, hey, go do that five by five and yeah. get under that bar, and I'm not going to show you how your head's supposed to be, how your spine's supposed to be. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, I understand. I'm not, <laughs> not going to show you that, you know, it's like you're standing in a pool. You know, I try to teach them, hey, you know, you're pretending like you're standing in a pool with water to your chest. Mm-hmm. You know, you can breathe as long as you're up here. But once you go down, you're holding your breath, you come up, you exhale. You know, teach them how to breathe while they go through the squat. Um, you know, teaching the Olympic lifts, if you do them, you know, mm-hmm. there's, there's a big debate on it, you know, with our – with our strength board, everybody's going back and forth with the, with that stuff. Um, you know, I met a, met a lot of guys, uh, through it, um, ended up there for, uh, four years, got to serve on the Alabama advisory board for the national high school strength association and mm-hmm. met a whole lot of guys with it. Um, and we're constantly, um, I rolled off this year. So, mm-hmm. um, but we still have all of our group techs, so we're constantly rolling ideas off. So it's it's great to yeah. be able to roll ideas. So, you know, uh, Coach Turner, Curtis Turner, he used to be at Georgia Tech, been great to me, him and Cisco. Uh, you know, constantly rolling ideas off them. And uh, so strength conditioning aspect, it changes often. So, mm-hmm. you know, if I look back, if I'm still doing the exact same thing I was doing five years ago, then you right. know, I'm not growing. I'm not doing what I'm supposed yeah. to do. And I'm not, I don't have my kids' best interests at heart. Um, right. But, you know, you got to undo a lot of, you got to undo a lot of things because there's a lot of people when it comes to strength condition that don't know that they don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of old school stuff that is very injury risk. Mm hmm that people don't know that they don't know mm-hmm. is not right for a kid, you yeah. know, from 12 years old to 18 that we have our hands on. Right. So. And you, you kind of mentioned the injury risk. I know, like, even you say 10 years ago, it was all about strength. We're getting strong. We're getting, you know what I mean? And now it's a lot of it's about injury prevention, right? I mean, obviously you want to be oh, yeah. explosive. You still want to get stronger, but I feel like it's really shifted to an injury prevention type type workouts as well. Oh yeah. There's a lot of injury. We do, we do injury prevention stuff every day mm-hmm. um, in there. Um, every day uh, I superset a lot of things with an injury prevention, something, right? Um, whatever it might be. Um, mm-hmm. So for example, today when, um, they were doing trap bar explosions. 
they got out of the trap bar after doing trap bar explosions, and then they went and did some hamstring work. Mm-hmm. Um, so an injury prevention with it. Um, after they got done with what did we do today on the uh, yeah we did banded TKEs today, which is you know help with the knee stability mm-hmm. in between. So we superset a lot of things with lifts that are going to help injury prevention, right? Um, and mobility, and you know I like to try screen screen them for mobility, mm-hmm. you know. How's their ankles? Are they they have tight ankles? Do they have yep. how's their hamstrings? How how is their you know upper back and things yep. like that? Yeah, tight so. ankles. See, I had never heard of anything like looking at ankle flexibility until I got to Jacksonville State. You know, helping out with the defense there, and then the defensive coordinator or defensive coordinator and the our defensive line coach, which was Nick Gentry and Todd Bates and those guys. And uh, they're like, man, this guy has such stiff ankles. I'm like, what are we talking about? <laughs> stiff ankles, you know, but those guys had heard that term. So, but you know, but now it's even, that's even trickled down to high school and maybe it always has been, I just hadn't heard it. But yeah, I mean, even looking at guys' ankle, you know, mobility and things. I think it's, it's definitely, it's definitely, I think, trended towards high schools because mm-hmm. I was the same way, man. I yeah. When I got to, when I got to South Alabama, we had a, uh, Coach Justin Schwinn, mm-hmm. he was our strength coach. Oh, he's good too. He's good. Hey man, I I love <laughs> Coach Schwinn. I've uh, Coach Schwinn's actually sent me stuff since I left, and and has helped me out with some some different lifts. You know, he sent my way, but I had never been introduced to it until I got down there, and he was. It was super like the banded TKEs and stuff. Working on just it was injury prevention. Mm-hmm. Still working on being explosive. Still working on you know being strong. But there was just a lot of different things that we were doing that I was just like, what is this? Why are we not just doing bench squat and power clean? Like, right. why? What's yeah. what's the point? You know, bench but, squat, power clean, sprints. Yeah. <laughs> run, run some gassers, do yeah. some squats, bench press, and you're yeah. good. Go. Right. So, yeah, it, it's, it's, I think it's definitely getting down to the high school level, which is, it's great. Um, but yeah, it was a it was a shock I think for you and I because we were mm-hmm. around the the same age at, at coming out of high school and yeah. it was just different. So it's good to see that people as knowledgeable as you in the strength and conditioning aspect is is leading those programs in high school. Because I mean, back in the day, we all know it. I mean, it was probably like the the defense coordinator or like the mm-hmm. volunteer that just came in and <laughs> yeah. big, bigger, stronger, faster, and you yeah. know that's how it was. So that's really that's really cool to see. So, Coach, here, just kind of a final question almost. You know, um, we don't have to end it if, if we still got more to cover, though. But <laughs> yeah. here we go. So, let's say 20 years from now, what do you want your kids to look back whenever they think about playing for you, playing for Crossville High School? What do you want them to think about? Well, it's, it's like I tell uh, the coaches and stuff. I, I tell them, I said, we got to coach these kids like they're the kids that's going to be taking care of us when we're old. Mm-hmm. So, if you want them to be good at it, at taking care of us when you're old, then you better be good at what we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, 20 years from now, it's like I tell them, we, we talk about all the time, you know, are, are you going to be a better husband? you going to be a better daddy? You know, better son, better brother? Um, you know, you're going to be a, a quality citizen that, you know, takes part in your community. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we try to incorporate what we do focusing on that um mm-hmm. you know i tell the players all the time i'm like guys i said uh, you know i said i said i love you too much to let you be mediocre yeah so so if i'm calling you out if i'm hard on you then <clears throat> no it's because i love you mm-hmm. and i was like <clears throat> it, it 
you can't let things slide if you want them to be a better person. Yeah. So our goal is to to strive to build the best person we can build before they leave our program. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, we 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 talking about love each other all the time. Uh, right. That that was kind of our big thing this year was Leo, which again I stole from Tom, because uh, uh, if you love one another, like, and I tell them all the time, I said this ain't you boyfriend girlfriend love, you know, you're looking at each other with googly eyes. I said I'm talking mm-hmm. about legit, real. You really care for that person that you want what's best for your teammate. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what we're trying to strive to get um, to where. Hey, you, you're going to count on me. I'm going to count on you. Um, now, are we there yet? We're nowhere close. Mm-hmm. But that's what we're trying to strive for. So, you know, 20 years from now, if a kid looks back and says, you know what, he, he loved me. He coached me hard. Um, his, You know, he, he did what he thought was best for me. Mm-hmm. And he helped me to grow into the person I am today. Then I think we've been successful. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I 100% agree with yeah. that. I, I do want to talk to you a little bit about the, uh, just the, I wanted to get your perspective on the classification in, in high school sports. So uh, something, and I mentioned it earlier, I, you know, I, when I was at, when I helped at Crossville, uh, I think they were referred to as the dirty two dozen. I mean, mm-hmm. like they, I think they had 24 kids out that were uh, playing football and, you know, the, the numbers were limited. So, I mean, it, it's it's kind of been a trend, you know, over the years. And it, at that point, you know, a bunch of great athletes then at Crossville, a lot of guys that I still talk to, um, it just seemed then it opened my eyes to the, the classification system, just there's something not right there. And it seems like it's become more apparent as the years go on uh, to where, and if I'm not mistaken, I, and I could be wrong, they base your sports classifications off of your total student population. Is that right? They do. So I, <laughs> my, I mean, I just I think that something has to change there, right? There's got to be something. Um, it, you know, it, if the HSAA, you know, a lot of their stuff they talk about is for the safety of the kids, the quality competition. Um, then you've got to find a way to look into things like that. I mean, because let's face it, you know, you got a 22-man roster where kids are playing literally the whole game against a 60- and 70-man roster. Um, you know, like like us this year, most of our practices we had to do half-line um, mm. because we, we couldn't go, you know, 11-on-11 type situations. Um, you know, it's just like a – I tell the coaches all the time – um, I'm not going to make any excuses. You're not going to hear me complain. You're not going to hear me make excuses. And uh, we have a no complaining rule. Mm-hmm. So um, so I tell them, I said, so if you feel like complaining, come come at me with a solution to what you're wanting to complain about. Mm-hmm. Um, because we're not going to make excuses. We're, we're in the situation we're in. We got to find a way to make it better. Um, are there some answers? I, you know, we – We've been talking back and forth with our administration about trying to throw some proposals out there. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things, man, Coach Keith was talking about the other day is, you know, going back to area play instead of region play. Mm-hmm. So if we went back to area play, it would help our it help our gate <clears throat> because we'd play more of the traditional teams you would play. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you wouldn't have to face that week in and week out of 
you know, 70, 80 guys across the field from you. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of one of the things we kind of have discussed about possibly putting a proposal together. Mm-hmm. Um, will it work? Don't know. Um, but, you know, whatever our situation is, we're going to face it and we're going to, you know, keep trying to build. And, like, you know, like, like we say all the time, no complaining, no excuses. We're just going to make what we got and do the best we can with it. All right. And I've read a little bit on online just just because it really had it, it grabbed my attention years ago and it always has. And it, it's is it the competitive balance factor, I think, that the state has or something? And depending on, you know, how they perform moving up or down in classifications, I don't know. I I don't think it I don't think it works. And I, th- I agree. I think something has to be done. And, and I mean, hopefully the state because it's. it's it's schools everywhere. I mean, mm-hmm. there, there's mm-hmm. multiple schools that are struggling with that. And, you know, maybe the answer is the the area play and, and versus region play. And hopefully something that's put together that'll that'll help out. But, I mean, I, it is something that I've long just thought, like, something, something's got to be done, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, Coach, uh, just some some players that you know, um, kind of. I guess the final topic here of this this episode is um, just some of your players that you know you want to shout out. I know I've read some stuff about a I think it's number thirteen. Oh, is that yeah. Stephen Wan? Stephen Wan, and I tell you, he he can play. He he's a he's a legit player. Um, if he walked through that door right there, you'd be like, that guy's not a football player. <laughs> but he will run over you. He don't care. No. Um, he 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 goes at it, um, you know. Numerous times you'd see him throwing up, come right back in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he he's got he, he rushed for a thousand fourteen yards this year. Wow. Um, you know he he's 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 gonna go at it. Uh, Stephen one's a he, he's a ball player. I mean, I I was talking to Robert Gray the other day mm-hmm. about him. Um, Robert's a former player of mine. I had at Consul. He's the head coach at Faulkner now. And I told him I said, look, you gotta help me find somewhere for this kid because this kid can play. He, 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 I mean, I, I get the measurables mm-hmm. that colleges go at, but mm-hmm. I mean, D three NAIA, um, you know, they're gonna miss out if they let this guy sneak by because mm-hmm. the kick and play, he's like he's like a missile. I mean, he's he, he's a baller. He, he's won a lot of people's hearts. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just because of how hard he plays, um, he plays so hard. Oh, it's it's been mentioned everywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, all, all over social media about. Um, Stephen Wan and just everybody refers number 13 can play number 13 is yeah. fun to watch. There's a picture somebody took and, and put it on Facebook. He's uh he's like sitting on the bench, pouring sweat. He's got blood running down his forearm, mm-hmm. wrist or tail. I mean, it's like the ultimate football picture. Yeah. Like it just, it screams toughness in that picture. Oh, so, yeah, that, that was taken at Scottsboro. And I mean, he, he, uh, I mean, he, he, he goes hard. He, he, somebody like I messaged Barry's coach the other day. I said, "Look, I said I'm not, I'm not pulling your chain. I said I you, you need to talk to this kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're missing out yeah. if you let this kid, you know, without even contacting him, right? Know? Right. <laughs> yeah. and uh, you know, Caleb Causey, uh played quarterback for us, played linebacker. Um, you know, it, it, as much as you know, high school kids, we we all go back and forth on him. We give him a hard time. He, he takes a lot of ribbon from every coach on staff. Um, but, you know, he's one that was completely committed to Crossville yeah. all the way through. Always there. Um, never considered anything else. Um, it, it, if the door's open, he's going to be there. Um, you know, yeah, love that kid. He, he, 
you know, as much as I aggravate him, he, 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 if he listens to this, he don't need to get the big head, you know. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, it, he he represents what you know. It, he just it, he's going to be there, and mm-hmm. you know, he, he ran hard whenever he would run it. Um, you know, we'd we'd give him a hard time on defense sometimes, but uh, he uh, you know, you can't. Caleb Calls is a big one that, you know, you got to celebrate him. He, uh, is he a senior? He is. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, Stephen Wan's brother, um, is Stephen Wan a senior or is he? Stephen Wan's a senior. Oh, okay. And was, his brother's a junior. Okay. And his brother was our fullback. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he actually broke his ankle the Scottsboro game. But, uh, Miguel, he's, you know, two years ago when I got there, he was not playing football. And, he was in one of my – I was teaching a weightlifting class for non-athletes that wanted to learn how to lift weights. And he ended up falling in love with lifting weights. Yeah. So then we convinced him to come out for football. And he uh, – I mean, he, he, Miguel's done an excellent job uh, with, you know, been thrown to the fire, played middle linebacker, played fullback. Um, you know, then we got uh, Derek Lopez. Um, he uh, – played center and um we're getting him back he's a junior um but uh Derek, he's grown up a lot over the past year um his numbers have gotten better he you know his football maturity has grown um so you know he's a he's a big one that i've been real impressed with his growth mm-hmm. um and some of our young guys you know kale hatley came along you know he was just gonna be kind of a rotation guy he ended up starting there at the end of the year uh, grew up a lot as a ninth grader um and then um connor blanton same deal ninth grade receiver that um ended up getting reps at the end more than what at the beginning of the year so we've got some promising kids coming back and um it's just establishing that work ethic and being mm-hmm. consistent with it and you know stacking days we talk all the time about stacking days you know stack Let's get 1% better every day and let's stack those days and be consistent with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, that's where we're headed right now. And, you know, as far as kids, we have great kids as far as behavior, you know, they're, they're yes, sir, no, sir, which, I mean, we do punish whenever you don't do it, but they do it anyway. I mm-hmm. mean, mm-hmm. yes, sir, no, sir. They, they are, you know, real respectful people. They, you know, clean up after themselves. They, you know, do all the right things. Um, you know, behavior-wise, couldn't ask for a better group of kids. They're, I mean, they don't give trouble in school. They act right on the field. They act right in class, out of class. So, you know, I hated that we lost um, K-1 the first game of the year. Um, he was a special kid, um, K-1 Hatley. He's um, hopefully – he gets a good quality basketball season. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got cleared the other day, finally. So uh, hopefully we can get that ankle rolling. And, and you know, uh, Antonio Quintana was a guy that we was going to depend on going into the season. Um, he ended up having an injury the uh, Boaz game, and uh, which he uh, hated it for him being a senior. But, uh, you know, he's one that's kind of helped us get some of the other kids out. So, mm-hmm. and I told him the other day, I said, look, I'm going to depend on you to come back and keep helping us get some of these kids out, you know, mm-hmm. cause he's, 
he's a large part of why some other kids did come out. So yeah. hopefully we can keep him around the program yes, and get him to, you know, and then, you know, former player that I had my first year there, Ernesto Lopez, he um, has been real good about talking to other players, trying to help us get those kids out. Um, Ernesto, he, uh, he was a four-year starter and um, great guy, great guy. And I actually, I wanted him to be on my coaching staff, but his work schedule didn't allow him to be on the coaching staff. But I told him, I said, you got open door. I need you up here anytime you want because mm-hmm. uh, the kids relate to him. Yeah. And he, you know, I, I can – I can go to him and say, Hey, I need you to talk to this kid right here, you know, and he'll, he'll jump on it and they'll, you know, they respect him and all that. So, you know, there's guys from the program, you know, Chris Lopez that he stayed with us this year and helped that is a former crossbow player. And, um, you know, he's done a good job of helping us, you know, build a relationship. And so getting some of those guys that did play to stay within the program and come back and help us, to grow it. Right. Right. Well, coach, we've enjoyed having you on today. Um, it is, it's awesome that, that Crossville has someone like you, uh, leading the way for, for them. Um, it, it's, it's admirable what you're doing and what you're doing for those kids out there. Uh, I have no doubt in my mind that, you know, you're the guy that that's, that's going to lay that foundation with those young men and, and bring Crossville back to where, it has been for for years, and um, just having you know a, a godly man, uh, a, a good person. I'm, I'm glad I got to know you a little bit here on this show, and mm-hmm. through some of our conversations leading up to being on the podcast. And I'm fortunate to know your brother John. John's a <laughs> John's a great guy as well. So uh, just a good family with with good roots. It sounds like, and and the right man to be at Crossville. And we appreciate having you on here. I thank y'all for having me. Yes, sir. Thanks, Coach. Oh, oh, thanks been listening to under further review the sports podcast with anthony burgess visit us online at ufrsportscast.com and follow us on twitter at ufr underscore sportscast thank you for listening and after further review the ruling on the